<laughs> I don't I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. You make me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what's going on here. Are we recording? Sure, why not? I mean, I can edit anything out. Right, well, no, I was going to say happy early birthday. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I took it uh I I took my uh I made my birth date uh private on Facebook as I slowly start to use Facebook just to promote things. I realized I don't want those fake happy birthday things that people give you on Facebook. I don't need that anymore. Yeah. 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 I don't need it, that. It forces unwanted interaction. Well, that, and I don't need to make people feel good about themselves. Like they did something good. Like I don't know these people for the most part, like uh, personally, you know, we don't hang out unless we're at a convention or, Something like I, that. On Facebook, the Facebook wishes you get are from people who use Facebook the most. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's come in handy for me. Like, if I log on there, I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was so-and-so's birthday. But is it really going to – is it really going to uh, – is, there, is the, the happiness of their birthday going to hinge on whether or not I said, hey, happy birthday? And if it does, I mean, that's <laughs> – Let's try to get a little more out of our relationships is what I'm saying. Let's dig deeper. Yeah, I don't dig it. I don't like attention. So I, yeah, I, I, I do not miss Facebook at all. Also, I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't articulate the big difference between Facebook and Twitter for you or Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Facebook just feels um it feels more intrusive than other things to me. Yeah. It's, I guess, I don't know why it is, but I think, well, the thing with Facebook is a lot of times if you leave a comment on Twitter, not everyone's going to read the comment. So someone might read my tweet, but not everyone's going to read your comment to my tweet or your reply to my tweet. Whereas on Facebook, it's almost like right in your face. Every, so every comment becomes super public. So it, it, it creates a form of uh you're, you're right, like engagement and discourse that maybe I just wanted to toss out some stupid thing. I don't necessarily need your opinion on it or even any comments on it. I don't know. And also, also too many, like, uh, too many aunts and like second and third cousins follow me on Facebook. So I don't, I can't just like. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, Cause it was the first say, one. So right. you just sort of brought everybody on. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so now, like, it, your aunt doesn't really care about the next issue of Family Tree, but you also don't want her necessarily commenting on your anti-Trump stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need, uh, I don't need, like, I don't know. It, it's, it, it is, it's like, it, yeah, I don't, I don't need or want their opinion 99% of the time. You know, and a lot of times it's just, it's Facebook it, forces you to engage with people that you normally wouldn't engage with. Is Facebook still the follow for follow sort of thing? So you have to be friends. Can you just follow people like on Twitter without them also following you? No, I think you have to be friends, but you do, like I have like I have pages and that's norm. That's mostly what I'm going to use Facebook for moving forward is like, I have like a, 
like a page for my comics that people can be a fan of your page and not necessarily a friend sure. of yours. So they have that. But yeah, if you're on your main wall, if someone's reading what you're reading, you are mute, you are mutually friends on that platform. I don't like that. Um, and it, it, I did go through a phase a couple years ago when I was on it more that I would just like anyone who requested a friend, I just, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because I was just trying to build like an audience, trying to build like an online profile for my work. But then, yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't like the fact that I, I am sometimes censoring myself with what I was going to post on social media. So really for the last year, I have only promoted things on Facebook and not really engaged anything on Facebook. And I think I'm really going to stick to that next year to where just put stuff about the podcast on the podcast page, but just put comic book stuff on my comic book page and then probably share it to my main page, but not, you know, I'm not going to be putting thoughts on my Facebook page. And if I had like 20 to 30,000 followers on other platforms, I probably wouldn't have a Facebook at all. But there are certain, like when I put out questions for the podcast, the only, the only platform that gets responses is Facebook. So it's like, hmm. I feel like it still has a use, at least for this, the little things I need it for. But yeah, I'm not interested in like, like I'll, I'll, be, like I'll be on a page about like my old high school for like people who graduated in the 80s and 90s. And then people will be throwing up like silly memes and shit on there about like, like Santa Claus or Trump or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this isn't what I care about or want to see. Like if you have a cool picture of like, you know, the island in 1995 or 96, that's cool. But now people are just using it as like a regular, they're not adhering to the ingrained rules of the page. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm a big proponent of not everybody needs a platform. And I feel like Facebook um, is the most egregious abuser of that tenant. Yeah, and it's uh, like I mean, I yeah, people bag on Twitter and call it just a toxic cesspool, and that has not been my Twitter experience unless I go looking for it. No, and on Twitter it's easy. So, like you said, if someone disagrees with you on Facebook and leaves like a shitty comment or something, that you you agree to be their friend on Facebook. So part part of that blame is on you. Whereas on Twitter. Like some dude chimed in yesterday and, and uh, Mitch retweeted something I tweeted and then some guy chimed in and said something shitty. I don't even think it was about Mitch's work. I think it was something shitty about like DC Comics or something like that. And I looked at their page and they had like 13 followers and then I just blocked them and then Mitch posted about how easy it is to block on Twitter. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Like you have no, yeah, it- you have no personal stake in that because you didn't agree to be – their friend they just talk shit and you yeah it, just- it also makes me sad that it, that the 140 character limit is not a thing anymore because i feel like that was one of the appeals of twitter you mean the 70 because uh, it is 140 now 70 oh did it used to be 70 yeah 70 no, it's more than that now it's more than 140 now no it's not because i still get when i try to put sure? stuff yeah because i put a lot of long shit because of the podcast and stuff and i still get the all right. I, I feel like it was 140 and then it expanded to be two something. I don't know. I don't... I, but I, I don't care. Um, but yes, it, again, one of my beliefs is that, you know, brevity is the soul of wit. 
So keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. That's right. Uh, oh, you're right. In most cases, the text content of a tweet can contain up to 280 characters or Unicode glyphs. Some glyphs may count as more than one character. Hmm. So it went from 70 to, to 140 to now 280. A glyph being like a, an emoji or like a some picture you stick I guess. in or something? I don't know what a Unicode glyph, I don't know what that means. I didn't go to, I don't work at Apple. Uh, so there we go. We solved that problem. Um, I'm not actually, I'm going to be driving later. Oh, by, oh, sorry. Welcome to episode 194. <laughs> of the illustrious gentleman. Yeah, I don't know. That's Scott. I'm Ryan. Uh, all the info about the program can be seen at tickshow.com. Just put up some new shirts, check them out. Uh, cool shit. A boons. Um, yeah. So I'm not uh, drinking today because I'm going to probably be driving later today down to the Southern Villa. Um, but I did re- pre-record the triple B beer challenge bracket last night. I suffered through all that shit for you guys. Uh, and I assume you're not drinking because you got a sweat. You, no. got a, you got your Kenny Rogers cosplay going on. So I assume you're keeping it wholesome for the family. No, I got too much to do. Yeah. Too many pages to do. Um, all right. So let's go to, uh, this is like a whole like show now. Let's kick it over to the first part of the triple B beer bracket challenge <laughs> pre-recorded last night. I like beer. Boys like beer, girls like beer. I like hey, everybody, beer. it is week like three beer. of the first round of the Triple B Blind Beer Challenge. It's a dumb thing where I taste blind taste test for readily available budget beers, and the top two move on to the Elite Eight to join Bud Light, Coors Light, Budweiser, and Heilemans Old Style. You can visit tigshow.com to see the current bracket and also check out our new shirts. We have some new merch up, they're pretty cool. Check them out. Uh, so, the top 12, for anyone uh, who needs a quick reminder, the top 12 of the 16 in this bracket were ranked according to a USA Today article from 2019 based on sales data. So that's how one of these snuck into my list of 16. I definitely wasn't uh, trying to get it in there. So today we're going to have Modelo Especial, which is number five of the top 12 beers. Uh, according to that article, it is 4.4%, and he scores a 67 on Beer Advocate. Uh, after that, we have one that would have never made my list, Natural Light, 4.2% alcohol, and scores a measly 42 on Beer Advocate. Um, next, we have – oops, sorry, my notes are screwing me over. Next, we have Coors Banquet, number 11 on the list. And uh, 5% alcohol scores a 62 on Beer Advocate. And then today's last beer is Pacifico, 4.5%, scores a 64 on Beer Advocate. Uh, I don't know if I've ever consciously and purposely had a uh, natural light in my, uh, in my life, um, but it creeped into the bracket because of the sales data, because of the, the criteria. And uh, some of you heathens seem to love it because it's the number sixth most bought beer in 2019, according to uh, that poll or that article. So uh, I assume colleges account for 99% of that and uh, JD. Um, So I have in the past enjoyed Coors Banquet and Modelo and Pacifico is my go-to beer when I'm getting Mexican food or eating out. Pacifico is good. So uh, all that said, I don't know if I could pick any of these out of a hat just by uh, 
taste as they're all pretty similar. So once again, I had my assistant pour these for me and he was in charge of marking which beer was in which glass. And uh, at the end of the episode, I'll pull them out of my, pull the list out of my pocket and I'll let you guys know uh, which of these two advance onto the Elite Eight. <sighs> Cheers. I like beer. All right, so we're back. Scott, very cool. Any of those uh, four beers do it for you? Do you have any history mm-hmm. with any of those beers? <sighs> if if I do, I don't remember what they are. Right. I'm sure everybody does. I you say history. I'm just assuming you're saying, hey, have you ever tried any of those? Sure. Yeah, and everybody has had those beers, and nobody remembers those beers. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, again, because I, this is pre-recorded, it's going to get a little weird. We'll put it that way. Uh, spoiler alert. Anyways, anyways, so today, since we're on a time crunch and we're both sober, so how fun could this really be? Uh, I just thought we'd answer a quick couple questions. I have some hits on uh, stuff that I like and stuff that I'm looking forward to because as people listen to this, this is our first episode of 2021. I'm going to start... Uh, when I upload the episodes to our host, they have a bracket, like a line for if it's a season. So I'm going to start filling that bracket in to maybe put us in some more categories or I don't know, maybe get a couple more listeners. So 2021 will be the beginning of our fifth season. See. Yeah. Relaunching with a new number one. That's right. That's right. Uh, no relaunching because it's very important that I get to episode 200 so I can finish this beer challenge nonsense. Uh, but yeah, so this is the first episode of 2021. Um, so I'm not going to go back and play our first episode of 2020 because on that one, we had grand ideas about what we were going to do in 2020 and, uh, and steps we were going to try to take for 2020. But 2020 wasn't just a regular decade. It was, it had its problems. So I'm not even going to go. I didn't do that. I've, I've essentially Tell taken about them. I, I didn't listen to it. You were going to do X amount of pages I think you're getting close to that. I I'm, I met it with pencils, but I didn't meet it with inks, which is disappointing. Yeah, but you get paid most for pencils, so yeah. at least that's money in the bank. Um, I don't remember what I put. I think I did put, like, I want to treat social media differently, which I didn't. Uh, I think I mentioned I wanted to move more into coloring, which I did, not as much as I would have liked. Um, but whatever. We're not going to dwell on that. Uh, let's look forward. Uh, this is a question from our buddy, Matt Goodall, who I believe co-hosted a couple episodes ago. And he asked if we had any plans on changing things up and conscience, consciously incorporating new ideas or techniques into our work moving forward. Like, is there anything that you're, uh, let's put it this way. Is there anything that you've found that you're doing now that you're cranking pages like a madman is there any new thing you've picked up new tip new technique that you like that you're like i'm gonna try keeping doing this because you seem to be i keep harping on this but you seem to be uh upping your game on every project recently and i don't know if it's just stress or if you or 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 just punching out the pages and not and not really obsessing over them too much um I, yeah, it's not not obsessing. I, I think it's uh, – I've talked previously about wanting to become what I call a system artist where you kind of just 
plug in pieces from your art inventory as needed. Um, almost like, like clip art artist. It's like, oh, I need a fist. Boom. That's the fist. Yeah, I, I think I feel myself getting more into that. It's like, oh, this is how I draw an eye. And this is how I draw an arm. Um, right. And I think I'm fully in buying into the um, superhero storytelling mindset. Or you can't just draw two people sitting down and talking at a table. It's got to be what what is the most dynamic way I can draw this. So of course, if two people are talking, you use a fuck ton of speed lines. Yeah, it's almost like a manga influence. Like someone's like, "Huh?" But instead, it's got all the it's speed a lines dynamic behind conversation. Them. Right. Yeah, it's uh it goes back to this thing that I uh, listened to when I was watching the uh, cartoonist kayfabe videos a couple of weeks ago, they talked about how like in the nineties, early nineties, those image guys coming up, every page had like a splash image to it. Cause you know, they wanted to sell it and they wanted it to be hot or whatever. And that's kind of how superhero comics have become. And maybe that is kind of what I'm seeing into your work now where you, you do have like a, one super, yeah it, to get it's one a philosophy super, yeah. that i subscribe to there is a a main uh, there's a there is a top moment there's a main panel right that everything else sort of orbits around yeah yeah, yeah also uh real quick you mentioned in a message you, you sold a, a fair amount of original art this month did you ever find out why that was was it to like one dude? Um, no, one dude was actually getting a page for his wife for Christmas. That's a great neat. Christmas gift, yeah. And another dude just bought a bunch of them. And uh, I, maybe it's a Christmas present to himself. Yeah. I don't know. That's cool. Uh, you're going to be one of those guys, though. Like in five years, when everybody wants all your work, you're going to be like, sorry, buddy. Got no, got no Superman pages for you. Got no. Uh, oh yeah, that I have not worried pages. about that at all. Sure. <laughs> so, I, I've been digital for what, like four full years now, and I, I, I can count on one hand the number of messages I've got asking if those pages are going to be for sale. Right. Um, for me, as far as incorporating new techniques, uh, I think one thing is I have to. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm getting down on myself or whatever because I haven't picked up more books. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but I just sort of assume like, oh, I'm on kind of a bigger image book. Other book, other gigs will happen. Uh, it's a well-received book. No one says coloring is the weakness of the book. So I just assumed other gigs would come through and they haven't. Um, so I think it's mostly because I probably have a very, basic and kind of one dimensional coloring style that if I want to get, get more gigs, I have to expand. So at some point, the first quarter of the year, I should probably do some sample pages in different styles. Uh, Cause it's weird. It's like, how do you feel about that? I don't love it because I like the way I color and I like, and I like the way the, the, the style, the, the simpler style of colors. I like reading those comics. Those are the comics I like. Uh, but it's just not 
as popular, I guess, as sort of like the, the big two coloring style right now. And I'm not saying I need to color big two coloring style, but the problem with the problem with coloring just indie books is most indie guys have their colorists already. So unless you're attached to like, unless Phil has to put me on every indie book he's doing going forward or uh, you know, a new guy put a new guy put me on every book going forward. There's just too many good colorists floating around that everyone already has their guys. Um, so I think I need to stretch my wings a little bit, but I'm really not interested in coloring. Like, yeah, it, it like seems a certain like way. Color art, I think is thought of as more malleable, I suppose. I don't know why. Like you don't hire, you're not going to bring on Ryan Otley and then tell him to draw like Phil Hester, you know? Right. But also I, I think it also suffers from, but, but you could also in that vein, you could hire Ryan, hire Ryan Otley, but tell him you want to do like a noir crime book. We all know Ryan Otley could draw that book but he's sure. probably mostly getting offers for superhero stuff. Cause that's what he's known for. It's the same thing. Like I think without me showing samples of other styles of coloring or even just little tweaks to my style, people just assume I can't do it for whatever reason, maybe. Whereas comic book artists can draw any book you give them. I think colors can color can make any book you give them look good. But my style on like a cyber force book would be a little weird. People expect certain bells and whistles that I just uh, refuse to add to my toolbox, I guess. The J.J. Yeah, Abrams lens, lens flare, I'm not going to add that kind of shit to my coloring. Yeah, well, no, I, I think artists are kind of are, are pigeonholed, I suppose. Yeah, like you say, you're not going to... If you're... You don't necessarily want Ryan Otley on a question series or... You know, right? But uh, he, but he could draw the shit out of it, is what I'm saying. He could totally sure. do it. Yeah, right. yeah. But but also, I guess it's the same thing. I mean, you're not going to ha- hire Zack Snyder to direct a romantic comedy, or you know, never so. say never. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, and then as far as purposely pur- uh, purposely trying to draw differently. I got a couple of pitches I'm working on right now. I really would just like to do a lot more coloring next year, but on this current pitch I'm doing, I have tried to use like different brushes, like, like my old school mentality of like thick to thin heavy weighted lines and that kind of stuff. That's cool. But it's, it's, it's kind of old school. Not a lot of guys do it. Not everyone does it anymore. It used to be the only way to ink a book and now it doesn't have to be that way. So on this new pitch, I'm using like a charcoal line more than like a brush line. Uh, just trying to make it a, like a little different, a little grittier. Uh, that at least, that at least makes it kind of fun and challenging rather than like, Oh, this is the ink brush. This is the, uh, you know, American Comics 0.03 brush that I always use. Let me try the charcoal brush or the Conte brush or something like that. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it, it's important to keep it interesting for yourself because if you're not into it, then how can you expect anybody else to be? Yeah, and I feel bad because I'm behind on so many projects and I just can't. It, it is a thing. And I think it's just end of year. It's not having a regular schedule. I don't know what it is, but... 
couple of weeks ago, I was laughing at like the idea of, you know, editors get two weeks off, publishers essentially shut down for two weeks. Uh, people who work like normal jobs, a lot of them get a week or so off around the holidays. And I was like, and we got to work through everything. And I was like, kind of like riding my high horse and I haven't done shit in like eight days. I haven't done any work in like seven or eight days. And every day I just sit at my computer and I hate myself. So that's all going to change. That's all magically going to change somehow on Monday. That's all going to yeah, be gone. 2021. 2021. It's at somehow. Everything goes away. Yep. Somehow magically. Everything's better. Yep. I'm going to get up back up here to the Northern Villain on Monday. I'm going to run three miles and I'm just going to draw like four pages and make an awesome, yeah. make an awesome dinner and be in bed by eight 30 reading a book. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. I don't understand all these people. It's like, fuck you, 2020. Can't wait for 2021. It's like, this is just an arbitrary idea that we came up with. Right. Like, COVID's not quaking in his boots saying, oh, 2021's in two days. Fuck, what are we going to do? No, fucking COVID's taking steroids and like, I'm going to hit you back with some new shit. Um, Yeah, but I, I... Uh, whatever but i'm one of those assholes who's just like oh let's just like if i don't get any work done today i'll i'll edit the podcast and then hey monday starts a new week and that's when i'm gonna start cranking shit out like i'm a dummy i oh i wait for that all the time yeah like oh i i yeah i'll feel bad about the day i'll be like i didn't get nearly as much done as i should have but tomorrow man tomorrow that switch is gonna fucking flip and the yeah. news is going to speak to me and mm-hmm. the fucking planets are going to align. And I'm going to smash stuff. Yeah. And it's never happened. Yeah. I'm not going to take any more sad naps at four <laughs> with my hoodie on. Like that's all over. That's 2020 shit and 2019 shit. 2021 shit is, you know, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to yeah, travel. Man. I'm going to learn a kickflip, all sorts of cool shit. 2021's the fucking future. Yeah. Uh, Everything's going to be great. Agreed. But yes, I think as going back to Matt's question, as we wrap up Matt's question, I, I do think that as I approach new projects next year, I am going to try to consciously try to be like, what can I do to make this more fun? Or what can I do to like, how can I, yeah. you know, like once I'm done with family tree, spoiler alert, but it's in solicits, there's only two more issues. Uh, once I'm done with family tree, when I start another project, then it's almost like a clean slate. I'm not a slave to the palette or the style or whatever, even though I'm not going to change up too much from that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to new projects. I might have a coloring thing on the, who knows what's going on. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to, to try to consciously think of new ways to make this project fun rather than, shit and i gotta get it i gotta stop being behind on everything i gotta catch up and and stop uh procrastinating um yeah it it, it is a conscious decision though on my old art table uh, i had a sticker on it that said find the joy because work is going to be work but i and i think it's important to trick your mind into believing that the hardest part of anything is the best part so like, oh God, it's, uh, I have to draw this double plate splash of this 
fucking army and there's a gazillion guys and spaceships all over the place and it's like oh well i gotta believe that's gonna be fucking fun awesome or i'm not gonna get through it right uh okay and then the 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 question of the week is from uh, Russell McDowell, Russell McDowell, and said kind of the same thing. What are you most looking forward to in 2021? Rowdy Russ McDowell. What are you most looking forward to in 2021? I kind of took this in category form uh, because it's a podcast that covers TV, comics, movies, that kind of shit. I kind of Season did it that three way. of Mando. <laughs> it didn't make my list, shockingly <laughs> enough. Although it should because hopefully the baby's out of the way so that maybe we can do some real shit now. Um, you know, I mean, they, they unmarried Peter Parker for a reason. He'll get an Ewok sidekick. Maybe he'll get an even babier babier, like a baby that can't even walk. Oh, fetus. Yeah. yeah. It'll be like when fetus Cable, Yoda. It'll be like when Cable had to have uh, baby uh, Rachel Summers and like the, the, the baby Bjorn. While he was fighting, that's give me that Mando. Actually, give me Backpack Yoda, man. I mean, it's a built-in premise. It it gives it gives uh, those dummies who only want fan service. It gives them the Luke Skywalker Yoda backpack scene, but with with Mando and uh, Gogaru, and then they can just go around shooting shit. Oh, that's another thing for the podcast. I was gonna say I'm gonna try to adhere to the uh, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all thing. Try to keep it positive next year. Positive. So Mando 3 positively did not make my list of things I'm looking forward to in 2021. All right. Um, did you have anything you wanted to talk about, like what you really enjoyed in 2020? Was there any, was there any media or uh, any, any event that stood out as something positive or that you really enjoyed? This is a rough one. Man, I, don't, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, I, I didn't watch any real TV this year. Uh, I, I just got HBO Max to watch Wonder Woman, and I've been starting Watchmen, so maybe that'll be a good thing. Yeah. But I'll have watched the majority of it in 2021, so it'll have to be a best of 21 thing. Yeah, you could watch, uh, you can watch Watchmen and Doom Control, and then you'll, you'll yeah. be a little happier about stuff. Did you? You haven't seen Wonder Woman yet. I have not seen, I don't plan to see, I don't think I have, I think I canceled my HBO Max subscription, so I'm not going to get it for for that. I might get it when like Matrix 4 comes out or something, and then I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that I really want to talk about, but I don't feel like I can talk about it because this is one of those things that you're not allowed to not like. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen good, I haven't heard good things about it, and uh my brother and his wife who they really enjoy a lot of the dceu stuff as far as like on concept like they they enjoy the cartoons like the animated movies they're usually up and positive about all superhero genre stuff uh they didn't have anything good to say about it either so i was like there's Mm, no there's no reason there's no reason to what's the point except if i just wanted to stare at gal gadot for four and a half hours that might be worth it but I don't know if that balances out. (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, uh, Yeah. I really want to talk about it, but I I will have to find another venue to do so. 
We could do we could do bonus episodes that are all shitty. So then people who don't want to be bummed out of <laughs> about us like pissing all over their favorite pop culture stuff doesn't have to listen to those episodes. Uh, no, uh, for me, the thing that I love the most in 2020 and the thing I'm looking forward to the most in 2021, as far as media goes, is uh, Ted Lasso. I can't get over how good this was. Uh, last night, I, I watched uh, after after pounding those all these beers that I had to drink last night for this program that no one asked me to do, but I chose to do. Uh, I started watching like a YouTube uh, interview channel, and it was from like uh, Screen Actors Guild guy was moderating between Jason Sudeikis and uh, I can't think of the other guy's name, but he plays Coach Beard on the show, but he's also one of the writers and creators. And it was like a 50-minute conversation where they talked about the origin of Ted Lasso and the season and all that stuff. And I actually caught myself getting like a little emotional about it because he was talking about how how needed it was and how kind of people reacted to it. Like, uh, you know, they were a little concerned that the constant, uh, the constant upbeatness of the character could get old and can they make a whole show about it? And then they realized like, this is what people wanted and it's real and it's great. Um, so yeah, I, 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 uh, I love that show more than anything. Um, and then I'm also looking forward, I actually am looking forward to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but it will disappoint. And then I'm looking forward to how whack, whack, wacko Handmaid's Tale is going to get. Cause they had to write this during like, so everything's, everything's, everything's going towards Handmaid's Tale. How does the new season of Handmaid's Tale incorporate that? And yeah, it, that's, yeah. <laughs> it's one of, I imagine the frustrating pieces of doing that sort of scripted entertainment sort of like that, like veep all of these things that are, that are sort of, uh, uh, yeah, not parody. I mean, that's what satire, I guess is what veep is, but I guess maybe handmaid's tale is a very, version of yeah i was just parody. i mean it, it feels like it, it, a natural progression of the way things are already going right so yeah it, it's got to be depressing to be a producer on the show and be like we sat around and we just came up with the most awful thing we could imagine and then you know mike pence said it three weeks later yeah yeah, so I'm just I just I just threw that in because it's a show that I generally enjoy and it's been a while since it's been on. So uh I really don't I I, I you genuinely enjoy. I generally enjoy Elizabeth Moss and Yvonne Strahovski. Oh God. Strahovski. I can't watch that show. I, I understand that it's good and you I I will listen to the argument that it's important, but I just can't stomach it. <laughs> okay, well Speaking of other things you can't stomach, uh, the, the only other things that I'm looking forward to are sports. I don't remember. I, I, maybe, maybe it's the 2020 depression or it's just the constant barrage of the news cycle or whatever. I can barely remember anything I consumed last year uh, except for sports. New NHL, the puck drops in two weeks. On a shortened season. There's going to be a game every other night. 56 games, 56 games in 116 days. 
Uh, I, th- I think the schedule favors a young team like the Coyotes. If we could, some of our young guys can get their shit together, I think a, a, a crazy schedule like that favors young legs. Uh, you know, but, you know, maybe we can shit and get off the pot, make the playoffs. Yeah, I was trying the other day to remember who won the Stanley Cup, but I couldn't. Tampa Bay Lightning. No. No, I didn't even remember they had a team. Yeah. Oh, they have a team. Uh, and then the new F1 season starts in March, and then Premier League football is on all all year, it seems like. They only take like a three-month break or two-month break. But I've, I've fallen in love with those weekend early morning rituals, getting up at like five, watching some sports. I love it. I love it. Um, so that's it. I don't care about anything else. I try to do a thing of like what's coming out in 2021 to remind myself about what I would, what I was looking forward to. Nothing. It, it's it's like, it's like my enjoyment for media is just dead. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. You know, all the time my wife got all, she's like, what do you want? Yeah. But I don't know. My wife's like, what do you want to watch? I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Nothing. Nothing sounds cool. Oh, yeah. I I mean, this is, it's not anything to anything. It's just something that popped in my head when you said, I don't care. Um, I, I found, um, I found split on Hulu movies last night. So I put that on, I hadn't seen that before. So I watched split and I thought, Hey, that was pretty good. I kind of dug that. So then I went to HBO max and I put on glass and that was not good. That was a bad movie. Even with the lady from uh, American Horror Story in it? Yeah, she was not good. Wow, Sarah Paulson. Nobody she, was good. Sarah Paulson's usually uh, rock solid. You can count on her. Yeah, I, I don't think Shyamalan is an actor's director. All right, so M. Night Shyamalan, you say, is not a, doesn't get the best performances out of his characters. No, I don't think he does. I think he goes for, he's got a specific sort of actor tone that he wants and it's very boring. And Yeah, I, I think that's, everybody sort of slow talks things and whispers and is overly dramatic. And I, I was, I was not looking forward to Glass because I remember Sam Jackson's character being the worst part of unbreakable and he is fucking insufferable in this movie. So do you think, do you think split was so much better because of the manic performance by professor X? Oh yeah. That's another thing too. I mean, yes, I, I think he was amazing. James McAvoy was great. And to see him be on the screen at the same time as Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis, especially at this point, in Bruce Willis's career, their fucking faces were melting off. He was acting at them so hard. Yeah, we uh, part of my Christmas ritual is watching the Harry Potter movies. So we were watching them on Hulu. Uh, and um, there were points where I, I, I can't believe these, these, some of these young adults went through eight movies in like 11 years and never got better at acting. Um, but there were times like, like I would just notice like a bit actor would come up and I would just be like, he is acting the fuck out of this scene. And all Hermione's doing is raising her eyebrows weird and huffing and puffing. Like it was, it was shocking. Uh, but 
for those uh, Harry Potter fanatics like myself, I think I've discovered that I think the sixth movie is the most well done movie as far as acting goes and everything like that. There's a lot of little hmm. things, a lot of little things in the sixth movie that's great. That's Order of the Phoenix. Is that six? No, that's uh, oh, uh, Half Blood Prince. Oh, Half Blood Prince. That was the movie I liked the least. I rewatch it and watch for like the cute little. There's some really. It's it's almost like they were allowed to almost like. Uh, ad lib a little bit in how they it wasn't so rigid there's more goofiness going yeah. on in some of it um anyways i remember snapey at the end being like standing over potter and being like i'm the half-blood prince and i and my thought was what well, it's because you didn't read the books yeah i i i did not care new podcast idea ryan reads harry potter to scott long title we'll have to workshop it uh i did write down some notes on comics for 2021 oh, yeah. if you're interested in that yeah i want you to give me some i don't have any i didn't read anything this year yeah i don't that's that's kind of where this goes is that i realized a lot of what i i think i read more comics this year than i have in a long time but so much of it was like forgettable or i'd read like two or three issues and then drop it and then sometimes i would end up because my, my LCS is a, is a small store. It's not like a chain. If, if he's ordering something for me, and even if I want to quit reading it, I have to still buy, I still buy a couple issues after that because he ordered them for me. I don't mm. want him to get stuck with this shitty stock just because of me. Uh, but I think moving forward, I'm going to really not, you know, not, uh, not read as many comics. Uh, but before I get to that, comics I am looking forward to is Future State. I can't remember if I talked about it on the podcast with Matt or if it was when I tried to do the podcast by myself and I ditched it and then I recruited Matt to help me. But I got like a pamphlet, a future state like pamphlet from the comic book shop and it talked about the upcoming books and talked to some of the creators. And a lot of that, a lot of the stuff in there looks really good. I really like the concept. Um, it'd be neat. Like uh, I think like if maybe one or two titles would stick around afterwards, after everything reverts back, you could almost treat it like a, uh, like an Ultimates universe, but I'm not saying have 50 sure, books. I'm saying sure. have have like two books, have like a House of L book and then a House of Bat book or something like that. And you have the, you know, you could tell those stories in those books. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Dan Morris Batman book. Uh, obviously, I'm looking forward to House of L. It's going to be some good stuff. I love, I've said it a thousand times, I love legacy characters. So I have no problem like seeing a super future Wonder Woman or something like that. Like, I think sure, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's how you can throw in for, for people who love the Mandalorian. This is where you can throw in Easter eggs without ruining a, a story. You could still tie back to some stuff without drenching yourself in it and, uh, having a really terrible animated Mark Hamill show up at the end. Um, the milestone reboot, I think is intriguing. If they get art teams on there that I like, I always like the idea of milestone comics, um, uh, Ultra Mega. Have you seen this Ultra Mega from James Heron? Oh, yes. Skybound. That's right up my alley. So like a giant dude fighting monsters uh, with James Heron art on it. Um, but yeah, like, again, so many comics I bought this year were underwhelming, forgettable. Um, like sometimes when I go to the comic shop and I get stuff out of my pull box, I forgot that I was even like reading that series or whatever. Like that's how unforgettable it is. I'm like, oh, I forgot. I am reading this book. Let me grab it. Uh, so I'm going to do less of that. 
but I still want to support my local comic shop and I still really enjoy reading comics. So I think what I'm going to do is start going back and picking up stuff that I always wanted to read, but missed like Reminder's uh, uncanny X-Force run. Um, I mean, he had Jerome Pena on that, Greg Tacchini, Phil Noto, Ron Garney. Like that's an insane artistic lineup on, with characters that I like. Um, or go back to like, I stopped picking up Oblivion Song at like issue 14. I can go pick up trades of that or uh, pick up the last couple trades of Low. Books that I really liked that I just stopped reading for whatever reason, you know. Um, back issues, I guess. Uh, but you don't you don't read any comics and you probably have no plans to read comics i not immediately i mean it's like a lot of things it's just a money and time issue um yeah so i guess one of my goals should be to read more comics and the extension of that goal would be to have more time and money to read comics. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So that, yeah. I don't use the Comixology Unlimited app as much as I should, but there's lots of good stuff on there that's free because you already have Amazon Prime. So it's, there's lots of stuff yeah, on there that's free it, that's good. I, I, I really honestly, I don't know why I don't um, read more stuff. It, uh, several years ago, I got into this weird depression sort of hole where I I would look at other people's stuff and just get bummed out because I wasn't as good as so-and-so and so-and-so. And I, I think there's still um, an element of that fear probably somewhere in my brain saying, well, you shouldn't be exposing yourself to too much stuff because it's going to be bum you out. Yeah. Rather than it being sort of like an inspiration and you're like, Oh, this just makes me want to No, It's like, why are you even trying? Yeah, I can see that. Um, I guess it's different because I don't, uh, I don't, it doesn't happen. It happens for me with line art. Like I'll see like, well, like, like I see a lot of what you do. Cause we, cause uh, just cause we see it in the messages and stuff like that. And again, like you're, you're, you, you are progressing a lot and it's cause you're just doing work. You're turning out work. But then I'm like, Oh, my line art looks the same as it did two years ago when I was unhappy with it then. So it happens to me with like black and white or line art, but it doesn't happen to me with me with coloring, coloring. It just inspires me. So Oh, that's good. That, yeah, so that's good for that sort of thing, at least. Um, yeah, I guess the rest of this is just the shit I already did. Like, I'm hoping in January, or the stuff I already mentioned, I'm hoping in January to, like, on the, person, on the personal front is just finish the Kickstarter that's been hanging over my head that's super late, uh, get caught up on these pitches, and then hopefully line up, you know, line up more work going into February and March. Um, otherwise, I'll be homeless. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to try to lose weight again. That's not going to probably happen, but who knows? I did it. I'm going to do a challenge. I'm going to try to do a 5k five days a week all year. That's like 800 miles a year or something like that. Sure. I mean, weren't you telling me that losing weight over 35 by exercising is really not a thing? Yeah, but that's, 
Right. So I, I'm not looking at the exercise as a way to lose weight. I'm looking at the exercise as a way to uh, stop myself from having like a fucking heart attack or ah, I see. becoming okay. lethargic or whatever. I do need to diet. I'm going to, uh, it's still weird because, well, I need to diet, but I don't want to diet like traditionally diet. So I'll probably just like count calories and just try to, uh, I've had this thought roaming around in my head that I need to implement. It's just like everything that I'm about to do, just take one second and say like, is this a healthy decision? Right. Like last night I drank seven fucking beers for this podcast. That's not a healthy decision, but I've already started it. I don't, I'm not a quitter <laughs> as anyone who knows me. I mean, I mean, after my first wife and I split, we didn't divorce for like six years. I don't give up on things easily. Uh, but I, I'm not going to make a stupid thing like this again next year. Like when this challenge is over, I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I have to drink X amount of beers. And I, uh, to be fair, I didn't have to drink, you know, uh, 70 something ounces or 80 something ounces of beer last night, but I don't, didn't want to pour out 80% of a can of beer. Cause that, what am I throwing money away? I might as well just flush some shekels down the toilet if that's what I'm doing. Um, so going forward, that sort of thing, like if I'm out, if I'm out eating and I definitely want to have a hamburger, what's the best decision, the salad or the fries, or what's the, you know, if I plan to drink that night, cause it's a podcast night or it's a weekend, maybe I should have a salad for lunch instead of having a shitload of chicken wings for lunch or something like that. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I set my goal to lose 50 pounds. That's only a pound a week. If I give myself a year to do it, like that should be something anyone can do just by like drinking fiber you know, like shitting regularly right. and drinking yeah. water. Yeah, I think I'm on, I'm on board. Uh, I, I, I was, um, like many, uh, a weight casualty this year. So this is this is the heaviest I've ever been, just because it's shitty. So I'm shitty. Right. Yeah. So I gotta put in the work there too. Yeah, I just ordered. Uh, so I just ordered uh, the two new shirts that I put up on the T public site and uh, I ordered them an extra large and I was telling myself, these are the last XL shirts I'm going to get. Like these are it. Who knows? And then I'm thinking to myself, like, I'll just give them to charity. Like that's a way to get people to wear my merch is I'll just donate it to like the Salvation Army or right. something. And then some asshole just buys it and like wear it. That's a good way to promote stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Like, uh, yeah, just trying to, just oh, I to, got this on the Country Thunder 2017 t-shirt at the same time. Yeah, at the savers down the block. Uh, yeah, but just try to try to stick to that mantra as much as possible next year is, is this a healthy decision? Like, if it's 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, should I start a page now? Or should I just read, hit the sack, try to get up and do it tomorrow? Uh, is staying up till midnight going to ruin my workflow the next day? Um, you know, are yeah. you are you sacrificing a Tuesday morning to get a Monday night if you're gonna if the same amount of work is gonna get done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it used to be that I could just stay up and do it. You know, I, in my youth, I pulled more than a few all nighters. Mm -hmm. I I still have the same thought now. I'll be like, oh, I'll just I'll just fucking do it. 
I'll just work. Like if, if you just work and you don't think about how tired you are, then it doesn't right. matter. But then it's like 1030. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll sit around and I'll be like, Oh, all I did today was like dick around on social media, maybe answer a couple of emails, went grocery shopping. It's two, it's three. That's all right. I'll work from five to midnight and I'll get almost a full day's work in. And then I make dinner. So then I start working at like six fifteen, And then by eight 30, I'm just like, Oh, I really just want to watch some shitty like skateboard video on YouTube and, you know, go to bed. Uh, yeah. So that's another thing is I got to try to get back. We talked er- uh, earlier last year about like getting on a schedule. I really do got to get to like a, as much a nine to five schedule as I can. Cause I've realized I'm no longer getting work done at night and I got to treat like grocery shopping and shit like that. I got to start treating that like people who go to work, treat it like they do it after work or they do it on the weekends. And I got to start doing that rather than like every day, I'll just run to the grocery store and, you know, like, you know, my kid comes in and he's hungry at four, then I'll be like, oh, I'll just make an early dinner. I got to start being like, no, dinner starts at five. We eat at six. Yeah. You know, the same way, you know, normal people do. Uh, but that's all. That's all my notes, I think. Uh, I don't know if you have any more notes on your. Any more thoughts on the, no. the, this new, this new, vast, amazing space we're moving into where everything's no, going to be the, totally the, different. Right. The great unknown 2021. That's right. Pushing into the future. Uh, all right. Well, let's go to the, let's go to the video of, uh, Let's do the the beer wrap-up from the Triple B Challenge. Oh, yeah. Let's cut to that. I like beer. Boys like beer. Girls like beer. I like beer. I like beer. Okay, everybody. We're back for the results of week three of the Triple B Blind Beer Challenge. Uh, This should show you how this went. I had a hard time. Some of the show was a hard time. Figuring out my uh, top two. Uh, this will show you what hit the bottom. Uh, I've, this is the first week out of the three that I've not finished all of them. Um, and that's even considering the Montucky cold snack that was in uh, week one. So, uh, whatever this is, um, B, um, is a clear loser today. We're also going to give the shaft, I think to C, but I really had a hard time between the, the top three. Uh, I don't know how my palate or whether my palate's just been ruined for from 20 years of drinking a lot of beer or what, but I had a really hard time telling the difference between three out of four of these. So this episode or this, this week should have an asterisk next to it because there are no two, no two clear winners, but we're going to, we're going to put C to the bottom. D is going to move on in the number two slot and A is going to move on into the number one slot. And let's find out what we drank here what is moving on and what is staying home. All right. I said B was the worst one. B is Coors. B is Coors. I didn't even finish it. It was the worst one, which oddly enough is the one I drink the most of out of these four. I have a fair share of Coors. I have five more Coors bottles in my fridge. So, okay. That's interesting. C Modelo also got the shaft. That means A, the one that was the easiest to drink, was the Natty Light. Uh, this seems to be a trend with this when I don't know what I'm drinking. 
I seem to enjoy it. Uh, this was crisp. It was clean. It was nothing. Um, maybe I've given Natty Light a hard, a hard time over the last 20 something years um, because it is today's winner, uh, but followed by a close Pacifico. Uh, I, I mentioned before, I drink Pacifico. I like Pacifico. It's my favorite uh, Mexican lager. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Natty Light and Pacifico move on, and Modelo and Coors get the shaft. Uh, one more week of the Sweet 16, then we're moving on to the Elite Eight. Thanks. I like beer. I did not see that coming. <laughs> no. Nope. Natty Light. I'm disappointed in myself. Uh, and so far, out of the, the first half, wait, what, are, what am I at now? Six. I got six of the Elite Eight are in. I think four of them might be Anheuser-Busch products. Wow. Well, I mean. I'm a Bush guy. It's, it's, things are empires for a reason. That's, I, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's a reason these beers sold so much, and it's not just because they're cheap, because PBR should be the number one seller. It's just as cheap. It's because there's obviously a taste there. The thing that shocked me, though, when I did the research for last night's drinking is that Natty Light is the number six selling beer in America. But I guess every college campus probably sells a shit ton of them. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, because, yeah, because it is not as pricey as other things it's cheap and again it's just like i feel like i could have 50 natty lights at like a hockey game and just walk out of there like totally fine yeah it's <sighs> things that are easily accessible just have to be not bad yeah they yeah. don't have to be good right yeah see so why don't i get more coloring jobs i'm easily accessible <laughs> i'm easily affordable and i'm just not bad uh, okay, uh, I guess that's it for this week, unless you got any other final thoughts. No, I, I guess that's my only expectation for 2021. Just don't be bad. Be not bad. And be easily accessible. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be there every day, so it's pretty accessible. Every day I, when you wake up. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> um, it, it, if there's a year that has had less expected of it. I don't know what it is. Like the bar is so low for 21. Yeah. 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 I don't even know because I've been lucky that 2020 hasn't affected me nearly as bad as it's affected other people, but it's still, I still feel like it beat the shit out of me. So I guess like people are, are going to be so uh, they're going to think so fondly of, uh, you know, whatever year they turned during 2021. Oh, I, I, I remember when I, you know, the year I turned 23, it was so great because I got to eat inside of a Jack in the box. Yeah. Yeah. Meat finally so was low. affordable again. Yeah. yeah. The bar is so low. So low. Yeah. I just hope to like uh, sleep within my hoodie less. Cause that's when, that's when, you know, I'm feeling it is when I go to bed in sweats and a hoodie. <laughs> so let's have less of that in 2021. All right, Scott, go ahead and uh, send us packing. I know you're dying to do so. Cause you got, yeah. page, you got pages to get back to. Yeah. Fuck off 2020. Fuck off 2020.